Welcome to Good Morning Remax. Today we have Faisal Suziwala, broker owner with Remax Twin City, and Bertrand Berry, former NFL player. And now here he is from his home in Denver, Nick Bailey. Author, we have a number one uh, Remax agent that really exemplifies perseverance. Got started as a teenager, and so we're going to have an, uh, a great discussion with Faisal. And then we also have a formal NFL player, um, has a great career and a great story of how perseverance also impacted his life. And I think as we've gone through this year, we've all learned some interesting things. And of course, fall and winter is coming up. And, and uh, there's some questions outstanding about how we're going to have to persevere in our own personal lives over the next few months as we deal with just things happening and changes. And so we thought it'd be important to talk to these individuals because it's so easy many times when you see successful people to say their lives have always been rosy. And uh, so we're gonna have two great discussions with these individuals. We've got a very special everyday hero um, coming up and a call to action. So let's get right into it. First guest would like to welcome Faisal Suziwala from Canada. Welcome Faisal. Hi Nick, how are you? Good, great to see you. Great to see you as well. Okay, look, I can see that on the back. Look what I got my copy of. I have to be honest. <laughs> I know, look at this famous guy in this book um, called The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker. Um, and we're gonna talk about this and remind viewers then where they can get this, but I'm not finished with it, I'm sorry, but I, I've started it and it's awesome so far. So welcome. Thank you, thank you very much for having me. Okay, rewind the clock, 1718. Uh, you and I share that we both got into real estate pretty early and I tell the story of the first broker I talked to said a part-time kid will never make it in this business. Um, but your story is even more interesting. Tell us about how you got started. So I was in high school watching late night television one day and uh, a character by the name of Tom Boo was on. And he's got these fancy cars and yachts and mansions and beautiful women on these yachts. And I'm thinking, I want to be that guy. So off I went to research where I could learn about real estate. And really, I was just trying to learn about investing in real estate. Um, and it led to licensing. And that was my uh, early start. I was still in high school. Um, a friend of mine introduced me to his father who was a broker him and his partner sat down with me and said look kid you're too young you know this is not something for a young person go back to school come back in four or five years and then we'll talk about it and you didn't take no for an answer well i was uh i was waiting for the bus um downtown and i remembered that uh one of my father's old friends was a broker who had a real estate office right across from the bus terminal so i went and knocked on his door and um, i asked mr Maneri if he would consider licensing me he was 73 at the time i was 18 at the time he said he's about to retire but he'll take me on and he gave me my first break and that was the well basically changed the trajectory of my life now i think what everyone wants to know is wait a minute you plan to get licensed in real estate but you're riding a bus no car no car i walked from school well i was i was just 18 i walked from school I was doing my last year, which was the OAC, which is Ontario Academic Credits uh, after grade 12. And um, that was it. And I didn't even have a car after I was licensed. I I borrowed mom's car when I needed it or my broker drove me to my next appointment. I was going to say that'd be great with the buyers. You could just say, hey, can I ride with you? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. So what changes? I mean, you go on, you've hit now over $3 billion in sales 
and become Canada's number one agent in 2018, 2019, uh, consistently been in the top five. What's the secret? Well, you know, it, it's consistency in everything you do. So there's no feast or famine. Um, you know, a large part of it is the fear of not succeeding so you continuously do what you do but learning from other people's experiences and um, having mentors learning their challenges improving on things that you see in the industry evolving with technology uh, using you know a, a brand to uh, make yourself well known and associate yourself and become synonymous with your industry. So a lot of those things, but a lot of it has to do with a mindset, a mindset of abundance. So you're coming from a place where you have enough and then you're acting accordingly with your clients. You're not acting out of desperation and you're not acting out of some sort of motivation, financial motivation for yourself. So if you're doing the right thing, the success will follow. And, I have to say, I mean, you mentioned brand and I'm obviously a very huge brand fan um, because I got started young. And for me, I realized that um, it was it was tough uh, and a brand gave me personally more valuable, more value in front of the client. Uh, and you talk about you have a chapter in the book called Taking It to the Max. I, I, I've got to ask you about that and, and how you became affiliated with Remax because it's now been 27 years. Yes, yeah, so I started 32 years ago. I spent five years with other companies. Um, 27 years ago, I realized that I kept losing listings because I wasn't a Remax agent. Quite simple. Hmm. I was top of my game in the other company, but I wasn't with the number one brand. So at that point, I made a decision that I'm not number one, but I want to be associated with the number one brand because that way, at least when I go into a listing presentation, I can say that I'm an affiliate or an associate of the number one company in my region, in Canada, internationally. And that just gives you validation right at that point. So I needed that association in order for me to drive my personal brand to success. And tell us about the book. Okay. What was the inspiration behind you putting this book together? So, you know, it's, it, it's a project that I started probably about seven years ago. Um, and, during, you know, the unintended consequences of COVID was I had a lot of time on my hands. So I was able to compile a lot of this this year, put it to the, together. But I want to inspire for one. I, you know, I, I deal with a lot of young people who, who reach out to me and, and they're, they're lost and they're not sure where they're, where they're going in life. And I'm like, it's okay to be lost. I was there once as well. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. I had different expectations from family that I would go off to university. So it's okay. But, you know, act on the opportunities, change the trajectory of your life, get inspired, get motivated. Follow mentors, like do things in your life that are going to, you know, navigate you in the right direction. And, and the book is really about, you know, there's strategies, there's there's all kinds of uh, takeaways from it. Um, it's a contrarian approach. You know, I don't I don't door knock. I don't cold call. Uh, I have different systems in place. Um, and that's what I want to share with the audience. And I want to share that with my, my colleagues to say, these are if you follow these steps, there's. A, an end 
target here and it's leveraging your exit. So when you're when you're retiring, there's things that you can do now that will create uh, an ongoing source of income for you even through retirement. So there's a lot of that. But, you know, financial literacy for for the youth. I talk a lot about that because young people today need that direction. Um, you know, we're coming into times now where it's going to be very challenging for young people to get into, uh, you know, home ownership or in, into into some sort of financial freedom. So these are all strategies that I've and it's a journey that I took. And, you know, just instead of just telling you about, hey, here's where I am now, when you can share the things that happened to you along the way of that journey and the experiences and the failures and how you dealt with those things, I think that resonates with people. There were two things that were interesting in the book I want to I want to mention. And one of them involved um, your father in 1975, got his arm caught in a press and from the elbow down lost his arm. And it really impacted your family because you didn't come from a wealthy family. Um, tell us how that impacted your drive and perseverance to move forward. You know, it was in that moment, and I was five years old, but in that moment, I remember vividly, it's that fear of fear of poverty. It's that fear of loss. It's that fear of the unknown. And, and you know, we don't, you know, I grew up saying to myself, I don't want my children to have those feelings that I'm having. You don't want the sheriff showing up at the door, locking uh, your parents out. And, and, you know, these are the things that you've got to really um, think about. It's not just what today is. You know, you know the, the saying life is short, I don't buy that. Life is long. And you have to navigate through this life and you have to plan for this life so that you end up in a place where you're content and the people around you are also safe and secure. So for me, it was security. It was that fear of losing. And, and that really changed our entire family. We worked together. We got out of it. Um, my mother worked extremely hard in a factory to raise us. So, you know, instead of having this feelings of entitlement, it was feelings of gratitude for everything. And then I've been able to fortunately carry that through my life and and really be able to relate to people who are suffering um, as a result of any sort of tragedy that happens in their life or any loss that happens. Let me talk about one other thing. Now, I'm kind of a car guy and I kind of ran across that uh, you started to uh, have some success. You bought a couple of cars. Yes. yes Do you still is. have them? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I, I've got a, I've got a problem. I've, I've got to stop adding to the collection. <laughs> so this is an intervention, just so you know. Um, okay, tell us about a few of your cars. I know a couple of them, but so uh, so when I turned, well, I didn't have any money in the beginning, so I, I bought a used Mercedes because I thought I got to look I got to look like I'm doing okay. So I'm either doing very well in real estate or I'm selling drugs. So that was my first uh, car back when I was 19 years old, um, but. Lately, there were milestones. And you know what? It's important to reward yourself for your successes and have that feeling of fulfillment where, wherever you get it. I mean, you, I don't believe in taking away from you know the necessities to have luxuries. So when you've achieved some sort of success, reward yourself. So when I turned 30, I bought a Porsche 911. When I turned 40, I bought a Ferrari uh, 430 F1. Uh, when I turned 50, which was just very recently, I purchased a uh, Lamborghini. Um, but I like, you know, my other cars, G wagons and and uh, I, I bought I, I always had a dream of having a, a classic uh, Porsche so I finally found my 930 turbo and I, I received it uh, a few months ago so I'm very excited about that but so that's sort of the uh, my wife gets angry with me saying you know we don't have room in the garage so we built a garage to accommodate that was I think I, question 
I'm being cut off now. <laughs> well, congratulations. I mean, you deserve it because you've impacted a lot of people as well. If you were giving, let me ask this, because I started young and I had mentors as well. You know, real estate is not generally a first career for a lot of people. There are there are barriers to entry of, um, you know, working off all commissions, uh, paying for your own health care, a number of things that may not be appealing to someone right out of high school or right out of college. What advice would you have? And even for maybe some of those uh, viewers that are watching that maybe aren't fresh out of college or high school, but maybe want to increase their business um, to some level of success, what are the two or three things that you would say? Well, first of all, I'm a firm believer in jumping in with both feet. Like, don't do this part time. I, if you're going to choose this as a, as a career, get some backing behind you. So don't jump into it without having the backing. But once you have that backing behind, so use your part time job or your whatever career you have to, to, to build a little bit of a nest egg so that you can jump into this full time start immediately branding yourself. Look, I understand the whole team concept. I don't have a team. I am an individual agent. I will refer to a referral network, which is a whole other uh, topic in itself. It's all there in the book as well. But what I'm, what I'm saying is start branding yourself, become known, become synonymous with the number one brand in your city, which most likely is Remax. And now brand yourself with that company, get out there, start marketing, be consistent in what you do. Don't feel entitled show gratitude, work with people now and scale down. Scaling down was the number one reason for my success. I mm. took a geographical location that was so minute. It was a thousand homes, but that thousand homes knew me from day one because they got something in the mail from me. I sponsored events in their neighborhood to a point where I got to 23,000 homes every three weeks. And Wow. Everybody in the city knew I was on every back. I'm, I'm still on the back. Of, I'm, the, I'm the guy known as the guy in the back of the bus. So branding yourself is so important. Invest in your business. Look, you don't have to stock shelves. You don't have to buy inventory. Your inventory is free. So invest in your brand. That is great advice. So someone that's basically started showing real estate off a bus. Can I say that? Is that a good way? <laughs> to and I'm on the back of the bus now. And now you're on the back. Now you pay for the bus. I do. Uh, no, it's terrific. It's it's an honor to have you uh, affiliated with Remax because uh, you know we love to have successful people on the show to share their wisdom and attitude. So the real deal, you heard it here first. Um, get the book if you are interested in real estate. Um, it's a pretty extensive uh, read with a lot of detail. So congrats on the book. Congrats, congrats on such a successful career. And as soon as I can get on a plane and come to Canada, I'd love to come and go for a couple joy rides. Would love to have you. Thank you very much for having me, Nick. Thanks, Faisal. We'll hope to see you at our next convention. For sure. Thank you. Okay. Be well. What a great guy, um, for sure. Okay, um, Pam, we're going to talk about um, PPE. We've got some huge stats. Remember these we were showing six months ago? About, yes. Um, needing these to show homes that agents still need them. Give us an update on these, would you? Yeah, that's right. So um, we aligned with Deluxe approximately, I don't know, last April, May, to be able to provide these sanita sanitation, sanitizing kits for our agents to be able to show homes. And we thought we'd probably, I don't know, 40,000, that's what we thought the number would be. Well, 850,000 kits were sold wow. so that our agents were out there showing homes safely. And I think that is key. And what Deluxe has done is they um, have been able to figure out a way to make them less expensive for our agents. And no longer do you have to purchase a box of 250, you can purchase 10. 
So um, we can take a look at that deluxe uh, right here. So if you haven't purchased any um, and you're still looking to do this uh, before the end of the year, great sale that they've got and definitely what worth the money. Good. And if people aren't familiar with what's in it, it's got uh, a little thing, of hand sanitizer. It's got gloves. Mine's missing the mask because I did uh, steal the mask out of it so that I could use it myself. Uh, but thank you to Deluxe for partnering to do that. Yes. Um, by the way, Snow White, you could also yes. be Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction. Oh, please. <laughs> okay. <my> apple. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Everyday Hero. We have a pretty special Everyday Hero. And this is an, an awesome initiative near and dear to our heart. Uh, Christy Walker from Remax Signature in Arizona. Christy, you're our everyday hero because she has been instrumental in starting this mission with Children's Miracle Network Hospitals because there is a need this year for the holidays. Um, and here's the deal. Hospitals cannot accept toys this year um, due to COVID-19 on a donation basis. And so they have to actually purchase them and they get a discount by purchasing them in bulk. And so we obviously have had a huge relationship with CMN and Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Uh, Remax agents have raised over $160 million since our relationship. But now this isn't just Christy and Remax Signature. She has rallied all of the uh, Remax broker owners in Arizona. I understand now there are some joining forces from Colorado and this is starting to spread. And this is a way better spread than COVID-19 of pooling dollars and getting a virtual toy drive together so that these hospitals can purchase toys for kids for this upcoming holiday. Um, and it's no question that budgets have been impacted by these hospitals. Children's Miracle Network Hospitals is off about $80 million this year, so the need is real. And when you think of these kids, um, even if they uh, have both parents, only one parent is allowed to visit at a time. So in these upcoming holidays, um, it would be real hard for a lot of these kids that are going to be in these hospitals a lot of times by themselves. Um, so if we can make it a little more special uh, by making a, a toy and putting a smile on their face, that's what we want to do. So Christy, hats off to you for getting this organized and having it spread throughout the Remax network. If you want to join in on this, uh, you can reach out to Christy um, or us and let's keep this spread going to get more people involved in helping these kids. Um, also, next up, we're going to add to Everyday Heroes. Here at headquarters, our social media team, they're also Everyday Heroes. They are doing Miracle Mass. And look at these cute kids. They are doing a contest, which is artwork created by the kids, that can be voted on by you. Go to the We Are Remax Facebook page or the Remax Instagram account, um, and you'll be able to go there and support these kids um, by, first off, voting for the best artwork. And then the first week in December, uh, that sale for these masks will start to take place in which you can order those and uh, make sure that we're supporting kids in another way because I have a feeling masks aren't going away anytime soon. So um, congratulations to the Remax social media team for putting this together. Good luck to every one of those little kiddos that are coloring their hearts out and uh, we'll make sure that we're all wearing your masks in December. So thanks again for our everyday heroes. If you are an everyday hero or know someone that is and want to nominate one, send them in to us. We'd love to hear about this at GMR at Remax.com. Okay, very special interview next. Continuing with perseverance, we have former NFL defensive end Bertrand Barry. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. How you guys doing? Yeah, great to have you. 
Very successful career. Congratulations on 12 years with the NFL, and you're still involved with have, uh, being a radio host and broadcaster. Uh, but I want to take you back to the beginning. You spent a couple years with the Colts, um, disappeared up north with our good friend Faisal, uh, and then came back to the absolute best football team in the NFL, the Denver Broncos, right here at home where I am, uh, before going to the Cardinals. But it wasn't always smooth sailing. So tell us how you got started. So I was drafted third overall or third round uh, by the Indianapolis Colts. And I played there for three years. I, I went back and forth from position to position. It really couldn't find a home. I couldn't get comfortable with the team. And, and unfortunately, I was uh, given a phone call and told that uh, my services were no longer required. So I spent a year out of the league and trying to keep my, my name relevant. I wound up going up to Edmonton for two weeks and uh, playing up there and 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 it was a great time i have nothing but respect for the eskimo family and and organization and uh, but it just wasn't for me and so i came back and i really thought that my career was going to be over as far as football is concerned and then i got the call from rick smith who at the time was uh director of player personnel for the denver broncos he called me uh new year's eve and uh, he asked me if i wanted to come in and and um, possibly uh, be a guy to, to get a future considerations contract, which is not a, a real contract, but just a contract to be in camp and have an opportunity to possibly make the team and, and uh, get a real contract. And so from that moment on, I flew up on New Year's Day, uh, worked out for the Broncos, and, and they signed me to a future considerations contract that day. And I came back that offseason and worked my tail off, did everything that they asked me to do. And, and before the last preseason game that year, they offered me a three-year deal. So I was very fortunate. We'll always have a lot of love for the Denver area and the Broncos organization because they resurrected my career. Played three great years there, had a great time, made a lot of memories. And then I finished my career here with the Arizona Cardinals coming as a free agent in 2004 and was able to have some success, go to a Pro Bowl, play in the Super Bowl, and um, really just do all the things that I wanted to do. And once I retired, I retired happy knowing that I was able to, to prove my point in the NFL and the game of football and, and walk away pretty much injury free and, and, and able to go out on my own terms. And in 2004, you led the NFC in sacks, right? Mm -hmm. So that had to feel good. That had to be like, see, I got you back. Right. <laughs> um, it was just, but, a, it was a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, this year has been interesting for everybody and we're coming into fall and winter and we don't want to be negative over it, but we know that some states may start to restrict some activities again. And so um, people are already starting mentally to get a little bit nervous. Um, I think when you put all, when you decide, Hey, I, I want to be a pro football player and you get cut like that. How did you just not give up and do something else? And how does that relate to what we're dealing with now? What's your advice to people? Well, my thing was I always had a belief in myself. I believed in what I could do, and I, be I believed in what I could bring to an organization if given the opportunity. And there were times where there were bouts of depression and, and maybe a little self-doubt. But at the same time, the overall sense was I can do this. All I need is one opportunity. I just need one team out of 32 to give me that chance and to say, hey, we think that you can come in and help our organization. And the Broncos was the team that gave me that chance, and I'll forever be indebted to Rick Smith. Who, who gave me that opportunity. And so the thing that I would say to anybody in any situation is never, ever doubt yourself. Always believe in yourself, although the circumstances may not be ideal and what you want them to be, 
but you have the opportunity to still go out there and determine how you have an attitude towards that situation. And so you just cannot stop ever believing in yourself. And, and once you do that and, and make it up in your mind that that's going to be the case, you're going to get that opportunity. And then it's up to you to make the most of it. That's great advice. Now, do you have a moment? Think of think of your 12 years playing. Is there a game or a moment that is just like your most proud highlight that sticks in your head one single event? The Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl. There is no doubt about it. Being where I was after the third year, being told that my service. And you were a no starter for the Pro Bowl. I was a starter for the Pro Bowl and, and I was able to to really realize the, the pinnacle of my profession. And it was something that didn't seem possible after that third season. And to in two, three or four short years, go from out of work to being a starter in the Pro Bowl, it, it just it, it was a very satisfying moment for me. All those days of, of self-belief and, and not giving up on myself and, and putting in the work and constantly uh, believing that I was going to get that chance. It all came to a head when I was able to walk out that locker room and be introduced to all the people that were there in Hawaii as a, as a starter for the NFC. It, it was no greater feeling than that. Ah, congratulations. That's that's awesome memory for sure. Now, people always ask me, okay, what's the crystal ball in real estate? What's going to happen? Mm -hmm. I got to ask you. I mean, come on. We're right in midst of the season. There's some things happen that none of us saw coming. How's it going to end up? Who's 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 going to the finish? It's really tough. There are a lot of great teams, especially in the AFC. You got Pittsburgh, you got Kansas City that's playing really well right now. Oh, you I, can't I, speak I, Kansas City. Now Pam is going to be all crazy that you said that now. <laughs> well, you got to give them their respect. They're defending <laughs> champs, and, and they, they actually added more weapons to, to their mix. So it, it's, it's really tough to go against them. But you look at what Pittsburgh has done thus far uh, from the NFC. You look at what Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done. And, of course, the Seahawks, who we don't like here in Arizona. But you've got to respect Russell Wilson and, and what he's been able to do. So it's real early, but it, you start to look at teams that separate themselves. And I think uh, Kansas City and maybe Seattle, maybe Tampa will be one of those teams that will have a final say down in Tampa. And that would be something because they've never had a team uh, host a Super Bowl in their hometown. Okay, so uh, I think your predictions are better than any of ours. So um, <laughs> we'll we'll wait and see. And uh, you kind of reinvented yourself. So you might be retired from playing, but uh, what are you doing now? So now I do I do broadcasting for the Arizona Cardinals, and I started my own business. I opened a business where I train defensive linemen and pass rushers one on one. And uh, the the name of the business is Train Station. Of course, I got the logo on my shirt. And it, it was something that I felt was a need because there were a lot of big fellas as far as defensive linemen and, and, and outside linebackers that go get quarterbacks that don't really get that one-on-one -on -one training. You have them for quarterbacks, you have them for running backs, receivers, and all the little guys, but the big fellas can't get any love. So I wanted to start something that could give them an opportunity to really hone in their skills on a much deeper and more intimate basis. And it's been great. The reception has been great here in the Valley. I've had guys come in from out of state as well. So uh, the response has been tremendous. And it's been a little over a year since I started, but the, the returns have been outstanding. I've, I've been overwhelmed with support, not only from the clients, but uh, the Valley as far as the high schools and the colleges and of course the Cardinals. So um, it's been all systems go and all thumbs up thus far. 
Well, uh, being an athlete is very similar to being an entrepreneur, just like our viewers. Many of our owners and our agents, they have to believe in themselves. They run their own businesses. Their success is what they put into it, is what they get out of, out of it. And uh, you've obviously done very well by keeping the attitude straight. And hey, I understand that linebacker big guy thing. I mean, I totally relate to it. <laughs> I, 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 I can it. coach you up. I can, I can definitely coach you up. I can get you there. Give me about three, four sessions. I'll get you ready. And about a hundred more pounds, probably. <laughs> hey, low man wins. It doesn't say big man wins. Low man wins. I'm quick. That's all it takes. Yeah, there you go. We can work with that. We can work yeah. with that. Love it. Bertrand, thanks for joining us today, sharing your story and uh, being such an inspiration to so many. We really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. And just by the way, I saw that that list of, of Halloween treats. Any list oh. without peanut M&Ms, you got to get it out of here. So no vote. No vote. Oh, yeah. I'll go with Snickers. Snickers, the list that I saw, Snickers would get oh, my vote. Great. So Pam wins again. All right. <laughs> You're right on the Pete and M&Ms. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, thanks for spending a few minutes today and congratulations on all, all the success, the year with your new business and, and hope it continues for many years to come. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, fun interview. Gosh, these guys are great. Uh, athletes are so fun because they're intense. They're um, very focused and that's what we have to be. And as we go into this season, real estate has done very well, better than we all expected this year. And we believe that'll continue into Q4 with low interest rates and on for 21.